Willow Creek Springs presents Healthy Living with your host, Joe Grumbine. Hello and welcome to the Healthy Living Podcast brought to you by Willow Creek Springs. I'm Joe Grumbine and I will be your host. Today I've got back with me Kevin with Myco Alchemy and uh, it's been a about a month, month and a half, but we started on a great conversation. We're going to continue today. Kevin, how are you doing today? Doing all right. I'm doing right. Another systematic Monday. <laughs> yeah, we were just having a, a good conversation about Mondays and people and all the fun, all the fun elements of being a small business owner that, you know, anybody who knows that we could have lots of conversations about, but uh, we're here to talk about fungi and, uh, you know, we're funny because a lot of times I'll have a, a pre um you know a pre-episode conversation and we were talking about fungi uh, only not the good kind and so it's interesting because you know last time we talked about three basic types of mushrooms yes and um you know we were talking about uh, uh psychoactive and we were talking about edible and then what we call functional um, as medicine, we didn't mention different types of fungi that are not necessarily mushrooms. So, it turns out the fungi world is it's it's a lot bigger than just the the things that you see, right? Exactly. So, there's a lot of different uh, fungus spores and and you know things that like anytime you see something rot, there's probably some fungi involved, right? Mold, mildew, fungus, yeah, every time. It's always involved. So I got this horrible allergy to aspergillus, which is a fungus that is, uh, you know, caused me all kinds of problems. And we we're talking about some of the ways that we've gotten through it. And that's part of what the, what this conversation is about is uh, how to mitigate problems that life has without taking a bunch of pharmaceutical drugs that all seem to have negative side effects we were talking about steroids and you know steroids is a true wonder drug for some people for some things and it's really great at reducing inflammation but then once you get into it you're stuck you got to stay in it and you can't just quit and um, it has all kinds of negative side effects and all this stuff and i think that's one of the reasons why having a conversation about um, you know functional medicine functional um compounds and even things that are just edible you know that's like the eastern philosophy of, of medicine is eat your medicine right um it, you go to a chinese doctor and you'll get a rest or a, a prescription a lot of times and you'll go and they'll give you a little bag of dried plants and say okay this is your soup like good old eastern medicine exactly you know, they, they got us beat when it comes to mushrooms i mean they're they're a solid 20, 30 years ahead of where we're currently at right now with techniques and different things that they've developed over the years. Um, they've, you know, discovered that they have a lot of medicinal benefits and really hiked that in a high gear and uh, spent a lot of time learning how to cultivate a lot of that stuff and turn them into tinctures, natural medicine. You know, when you talk about the three different types, actives, which again are considered the psychedelics, functionals, which are medicinals, and gourmet the uh the functionals they used to call medicinals it switched to functional because when you think medicinal you think a substance that is semi-illegal thing right. like cannabis 
But um, when you're talking about a medicinal or functional, that is 100% legal mushroom. And some of the main ones are turkey tail, chaga, lion's mane, reishi, cordyceps. And um, a lot of this stuff's even been used in uh, the cosmetic industries. A lot of the eye creams, the really expensive eye creams, if you read the ingredients, will have one kind or another of mushroom extract in there. Mm -hmm. You know, reishi is a really good one for helping fight against free radicals. And, and as some people may know, free radicals are directly responsible for the cause of diseases, you know, coming from inflammation and different things like that. And so they kind of help balance that out. And so reishi is kind of that anti-aging one where a lot of women like that one that'd be a good one for people to be making into a tea mm -hmm. and speaking of that so several months ago you gave me some bags of reishi and uh, i've been started clipping them and making tea i've been making tea almost nightly for now several months it's still giving me mushrooms and i'm actually surprised at, at how i've probably taken 10 pounds of mushrooms off of those things wow. <laughs> i mean it's just they just keep going it's going to bring me into a couple of conversations, but I can't help but wondering, we were just talking about how I've got an inflammatory problem that is cleared up. And I, I was attributing it to a compound that I make, but I can't help but think that I wonder if it's not some of that reishi tea I've been drinking almost every night. I mean, I'd say five nights a week, I, 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 I get to it and I, I can't help but think, I wonder if that's not part of it. It's definitely boosting your immune system and it's definitely helping. Um, it's an anti-inflammatory big time. And so it really helps with that. And um, you just got to be careful because, you know, gourmets, you're eating them. Some of the medicinals are gourmets, but a lot of people don't know how to get the benefits from the mushrooms. And you don't have to buy, you know, the pills from, from online on Amazon or take a tincture. You can do something as simple as boil it right. and have it in a tea. So the, the cellular wall of a mushroom, the chitin, is quite thick. And our bodies can really only digest about 20, maybe 30% of it. So when you're actually eating mushrooms, you're getting about 20 or 30% of the nutrition off of that because it is harder for your body to digest. And it does depend on how you cook it. But for some of these, they grow on trees and they're quite fibrous and almost resemble wood when they dry mm -hmm. like the reishi yeah, the reishi is really hard to very cut very hard like, out in europe i had to get some real good cutters yeah. to go at it because yep. i fucked up my scissors sharpen your scissors. <laughs> scissors out in europe they eat more mushrooms than do where it's kind of on the rise here as it's become a meat substitute for a lot of the vegans and vegetarians but out in europe they've been ahead of it already and they know not to eat it more than three times a week because it will and can upset your stomach but does it have anything like um like it seems like fiber for the most part is good for your microbiome and it gives it gives bacteria something to to grow on and whatnot but too much fiber irritates everything yeah so is it kind of like that you think um i i think it's just more of a your body not being able to break it down okay. good and so you're gonna have to digest it past that and if you have too much of that in your system it, it could irritate you got it as it's being digested and broken down so you know sim simply boiling some of these things getting some some dried lion's mane turkey tail or chaga or even the reishi and boiling it you know so with the lion's mane like right now 
my lion's mane just has exploded. Yes. I'm getting ready today to just, I'm going to do a big harvest on it. But right. literally that bag is, it's just gone crazy. Now I've had it outside and because it's been cool, yeah. it got a little too cold and I could tell like now that I'm spending time with these things, I can tell like yeah. the temperature really like if it gets too cold, it'll be a problem. And I actually had one of the reishi bags got too cold and all of a sudden the water went to the bottom. Yes. And and then, but I said, well, hang in there. Cause it was starting to get weird looking. I was like, I open it up, let it breathe a little bit, close it back up. And it seems like it's coming back. Reishi kind of likes the warmer, harsher environments. It yeah. Need much oxygen. It, you can, Wasn't happy with that cold. <laughs> you could grow it in the bag, but yeah, that's a warmer weather one. Whereas lion's mane or some of those oysters, those are more of the cold weather ones and respond better. As soon as it got so, cool, man, also it was like, Woo, it's happy now. Uh, lion's mane is a really good one for cognitive function and it's also very good for your digestive tract it, it helps with with your digestion and then cognitive function uh, people are now using it to kind of counter the effects of dementia or even try to prevent them alzheimer's so you have those neurons and when you're a baby they're firing off and building bridges and connections left and right faster right. than it's ever going to do again in your in your life and then as we get older those those super highways of information, as it were, kind of start to break down into gray. And um, what's going on is we produce a chemical that helps you, you know, fire these things off and build these bridges for memory and, and you know, creating this web in your brain. And as you get older, those chemical levels kind of decrease and become non-existent. And that's when those start to fracture and break. And for some people or a lot of people, they'll start to to get into the memory loss issues as they get older so it's been found i'm not sure exactly which chemical it is but within lion's mane there is one of those chemicals that your body used to produce so it kind of replenishes that it kind of like tells it hey let's get back on to making this again it kind of feeds that department and then it starts firing off again and you actually start building these bridges again and so that's one of the things that really helps and that's really exciting and interesting because as we're all getting older, you know, whether you are in good shape or healthy or have issues, you just realize as you get older, it's easier to forget things, harder to remember things. You get stuck, you know, you're going along and you're just like, what the hell was I just saying? You know, those things happen, even if you're, even if you're on it. And um, I'm curious, like, the lion's mane is delicious. So it's one of those, one of those, like, I don't necessarily want to give up any of what I'm going to eat because it's just so darn good, but I want to experiment because that's what I like yeah. to do. And I'm going to take a portion of it and dry it and just see what, you know, powderize some of it and, and uh, see if I can't make enough of it to do something with. I'm, I'm kind of interested now to, uh, you know, I work with a lot of compounds, a lot of natural things and, and concentrates and whatnot. And even if you get from a good source, you still don't really know, like, what did they do? How did they grow it? What did they do? So a lot of the times when you're purchasing mushroom products, you're not actually eating the fruit body. Mm. A lot of times they'll sell that or do something else with it. But what they'll do is they'll grow it on rice holes, empty rice holes. Oh. And what they're going to do is let the mycelium colonize that. Then they're actually grinding that up. So what you're getting is like 
a good 70, maybe 80% rice holes, and then like 20, 30% of the actual mushroom. Oh. So it, it helps to really read when you are purchasing these products, you know, if they're actually using fruit bodies and the better companies will, will label it and they'll let you know, made with the actual fruit bodies. Interesting. See, I had no idea. So why don't you go through the, the life cycle a little bit? Because like, you know, in this podcast, you're going to have people that are seasoned experts. They're going to be going, Hey, get into some deep stuff. But I think a lot of the people you think of a mushroom as the thing that you buy from the store and it looks like a mushroom. Right. And, but that's, that's only a part of it. I mean, of, of the actual organism. So why don't you go through a little bit about how, how mushrooms work? We, you're talking about the life cycle of a mushroom. Yeah. Yeah. How it grows and all that. Right. So, so, um, you know, you have you have your spores, and I think a lot of us have seen mushrooms, and the mushrooms are open, the caps blown open, and basically what a spore is, is it's a living seed. So it is a seed, but it's also alive. It's a living organism. Oh, really? And, you know, mushrooms have 13 different sexes. For us, we have male and female, but for mushrooms, they have up to 13 different kinds. So there are more than one, two genders. <laughs> and but you got to be a mushroom. And sometimes A will will breed with B and colonize, or B will breed with D, but D won't breed with A. And so you have these different combinations. So it's just like us when we're having kids, you have these different possibilities. And that's how these things keep evolving and surviving and acclimating <clears throat> to their environment. And so they mutate and do different changes depending on the stresses of the environment. They'll cause that rapid change. But basically you get... The cap opens and you get the spores. The spores colonize together to form a white fibrous fungus called mycelium. And mycelium is the building block of life. That is our natural recyclers. This is breaking down decaying wood and leaves and recycling that and restoring that energy into the planet. So once you get your two spores, they begin to colonize. Now, they don't like a lot of light or oxygen. So you're going to find the mycelium if you lift up a patch of leaves. So when you're out there, you kick some leaves up, you're going to see this white fibrous fungus. When you see the little white strings, that's oh, yeah. that's it. I do a lot of composting. So exactly. sometimes you go and like the way I, I compost in a strange way, not classical. So my compost doesn't get hot. But a lot of times I'll be going through and, and usually compost really evenly. But every once in a while you find a clump that just didn't get enough of water or air or whatever it needed. Yeah. And it's still, and especially if there's wood in it, you know, wood chips. And you'll look at those wood chips and they'll, they're not wood anymore, but they're not fully broken down. And you can see, like you were talking about, there's white and sometimes light greenish or light bluish, but mostly white, just strings like spider webs all over the place. Mycelial men. <clears throat> nice. So as your mycelium begins to colonize, it's going to usually be like under a pot, pile of leaves or on a rotting piece of wood, deprived of light and oxygen. The CO2 is building up, and so that really helps the mycelium colonize. Once it's fully colonized, it'll begin to metabolize, and what it's going to start doing is producing different digestive enzymes and actually start um, pinning. So you'll have these baby little dots on the top of the mycelium on the surface. And that's the beginning. That's the primordial growth, the beginning of the actual mushroom. Nice. It goes from a hyphal knot where it starts concentrating and turning into like a condensed dot. And then that'll grow a little bit like a bump. 
and that's the primordial growth. And then that primordial growth will actually pin and it'll be a teeny tiny little mushroom. And then what that's going to do is it's going to want light and oxygen. So that's when it shoots up through the pile of leaves and then it presents itself. So it is ending. <laughs> it's beginning to get to the end of its life cycle. So once you see the, the actual mushroom itself, it's already getting ready to reproduce, Honestly, up its spores and redo its cycle. Nice. So you have that two spores, white fibrous fungus called mycelium that colonizes once it colonizes and gets healthy enough, ropey enough, creating a white blanket of fungus. From there, it'll go ahead and develop the hyphal knots that turn into primordial growth that turns into a pin that basically overnight is a mushroom all of a sudden. That was the other piece. It's like mushrooms are the fastest growing creature besides it's probably kelp. Amazing. Like, I don't know, you ever be in a place that's natural where there's, you know, compost down on the ground and then all of a sudden you get a rainy couple of days and then you get a warm day and all of a sudden that one morning, blam, out of nowhere, there will be mushrooms. Like, I don't know any plant that grows that fast, even a cannabis plant, even when it's in its big growth cycle, it's still like... Just like they love moisture, lots and lots of moisture. They love humidity. They love the oxygen and the sunlight when they get to that point. And, you know, those fruit bodies are damn near 80, 80 percent water. Yeah, so they really take that up and grow quite, quite quickly. And it is pretty neat. That is the best time. That's why October, you know, times are changing now. But October used to be the time to go. Now it almost seems like November, we're getting into November, December because yeah, you October know, is pretty warm till the yeah, very, very end anymore. Winter, instead of starting in October, November is now starting, you know. It's just getting into it now. <laughs> yeah, now it starts in January. Yeah. So it's almost like fall is kind of becoming non-existent other than leaves falling. Exactly. We're, we're not getting the rain and the cool weather coming in. It's pretty hot. It's right, pretty yeah. Dry. Especially where we're at now. Other places are getting wetter and Out here in California. whatnot, yeah. but this is where we are. Yeah. Yeah, so... So it's really fun growing mushrooms because the way they cultivate that in-house is you'll have a, a bag of grain and you can use, I mean, people are using corn, milo, millet. I mean, just about any kind of seed you'll find in a, a good bird mix other than sunflowers seeds. Um, they're growing on rye berries. And basically what they'll do is they will sterilize one to three pounds in a bag. They'll put that into an autoclave or what a lot of us call a pressure cooker. That'll cook at 15 PSI, 250 degrees for two and a half hours. And, you know, according to science, that will completely sterilize any living organism, bacteria. I wouldn't want to be in that environment. Mold. No, I mean, that's what the hospitals are doing with the surgical equipment. Sure. It goes into an autoclave and it's getting disinfected. So once you have that grain bag, it's, you know, you, you, it's, it's got water in there with the grain. So the grain is hydrated, but basically you put your culture in that bag and it'll colonize that grain. Nice. And so it'll start to, to, uh, colonize and that, that mycelium is going to get all over the grain. Once that grain bag is fully colonized, that has now become a spawn bag and they will take that, break it up. And then you mix that with soil and that's where your mushrooms will, will come from. It'll colonize that soil and people are growing in tubs. People are growing in bags. 
people are actually sprinkling some of these into their garden beds and growing the mushrooms alongside their veggies. Which nice. Is a really cool deal. I'm going to play with that for sure. You know, I'll throw one out for you guys. Look into wine caps. Wine cap is a really, really nice gourmet mushroom. It's one you can bring into the kitchen, easy to identify, so you're not going to eat nothing poisonous. But you basically mix that into your soil, maybe cover that with cardboard, and then a little bit of straw, and it'll actually colonize on the on the damp straw nice. and cardboard. And that's a nice one because when it pops through, you pick most of them, leave a couple, and that'll just be it just keeps going from then on out. It will. Oh, I got to get me some of those for sure. Yeah, it will. It will seed itself and continue to grow for you. And that's that's a real good one. So you could buy that and mix it in. It's really healthy for your soil. The only thing is, um, you know, be aware that uh, if you got a lot of critters, they're going to get into the garden. So you got to make sure that the squirrels aren't getting in. They do that anyways, yeah. Because <laughs> you are putting, you know, bird seed down into the garden. So exactly, some people will do like straw or other uh, wood pellets and then mix that in. Mm -hmm. But um, the grain tends to colonize the best. Nice. But wine cap's an awesome one for people that are outside in the garden. It's a really meaty, hearty mushroom. Well, Kevin, I think that um, we, I try to keep these things to not too big of a block of time. Yeah. As interesting as it is, people have a attention span of a gnat. Although, eat your lion's mane and you'll probably have a longer attention there span. You, know, you will. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I am excited now. I've got a new mission. I'm going to go find me some uh, some wine uh, wine, caps. wine caps. And I'm lucky for you, I have it for you. Oh, fantastic! Now. Before we go, I just I know that one, at least one of my bags, I know it's getting kind of to the end of its cycle. Yes. Now, is there a play to re-energize it or to reload it? Or is there anything to so, do with it? Because I figure I've had it for six months. It's fed me. Yeah. I've taken care of it. And now I like, do you just get rid of it or do you? So you can rehydrate it, but it's pretty much... Pretty spent. It's going to be spent. It's already pulled most of the, the nutrients out of that. Mm -hmm. and it's time for that to uh, go into the ground. Got it. Over okay. time, it's just going to deplete all the nutrients, eat everything that's there, digest all the good stuff. Right. And then there's. Yeah, it doesn't look like it did before. It looks kind of yeah, like a. It's going to shrink up. It's your, a your, your quarter of the. Yeah. And it's kind of brown and mushy and just doesn't look like grain anymore so much. It definitely does. So it's just starting from a new block at that point. All right. I think that you got your money's worth. Oh, by like far. It. I've been drinking reishi tea for months and, and, and about once five to seven days, I've been cutting the, the lion's, lion's mane out. And, uh, you know, mostly I just cut it up and, and, and fry it up and put it in with, uh, well, I put it into a salad. I've put it into noodles. I made that soup. I've done, it's just good, you know. It's like kind of like what you do with chicken, just almost, you know. It's it's kind of like like a piece of meat. Good stuff. All right, Kevin. Well, um, it's been a pleasure. I look forward to uh, more conversation. Yes. This has been the Healthy Living Podcast, brought to you by Willow Creek Springs, and we will see you next time.